If you'd like to support this podcast, you can do so by visiting chriscarl.com forward slash podcast, where you'll find links to both Patreon and PayPal, where you can make donations. Any and all support is massively appreciated and a huge thank you to everyone that has supported thus far. So to start off with, you were born and raised in Russia. What brought you to England? Uh, yeah, that's a long story. Uh, I am. I was born in Russia. I lived in many places actually before I even get to England. <laughs> so um, I first moved in Spain to Spain um, a while ago. That was like about ten years ago almost, and um, then I was living in New Zealand as well for a while and. Then in Spain again. <laughs> Only then I moved to London. So basically, it's just all this was work uh, and some personal relationships as well. Um, nothing special. I got to London after this crisis in Spain. That and the whole Europe was in crisis, but by the time, um, so that's why I changed my job and I moved to London. Do you enjoy London? Is it nice? Obviously, from a Russian perspective, I assume it's quite different uh, culturally. Uh, oh, well, yes, of course. Uh, well, as I mentioned, I'm multicultural now, so I'm not afraid of different cultures. Uh, it's very, very different. Yes, indeed. But um, with London, I have a very uh, peculiar relationship. It's like love-hate relationship. I, there's a lot of stuff that I love in London, especially the fact um, the whoever you work with, uh, people are so multicultural, and it's probably one place on earth that you can find people from all over the world and just 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 know them. It's 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 already oh, priceless, and um, that that's my favorite part of London. Probably that there's a lot of things in London that I don't like. <laughs> The food. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can take that out. Uh, no, no, I, I understand. I, I probably, I, yeah, I mean, we, we all have our um, cultural preferences as well. Uh, I, I find this city a little bit cold to my taste. Uh, and it normally takes a long while to, you know, kind of get to know everybody. But again, uh, I'm blessed that I was working all this and um, very uh, multicultural kind of motley crews, and um, I always find people that I love. So I <laughs> cannot complain about people. The weather, the probably is number one uh, point, especially because I'm shooting outdoors many, many, many times, and uh, I find it tricky, especially in winter. <laughs> I completely agree with you about the food and I am English, so you're fine there. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so to switch to photography then, is photography something that was uh, sort of abundant in your family or is it something you've started on your own? Definitely nothing on my family on the, on the ground. I mean, not not, <laughs> not following any generations. Uh, yeah, I think I started to do uh, silly things uh, whilst in university and I was studying and um, I was like now degrees. And um, I just, just you know, uh, somebody gave me a camera, I believe, 
some old Russian Soviet, Soviet camera actually, and uh, all these lenses that are so popular right now among hipsters. <laughs> <laughs> they were they they were fantastic, uh, magical, all this weird bokeh. So I enjoyed that, and whether mostly would will be like taking flowers, <laughs> short flower shorts or something like that, uh, nature until I kind of got to the point that I probably shot my first portrait and that was it as I said it's like people faces people faces and yep. um I, I put it on hold for a very very long time and I was working in different industries um and I get back to it actually here in London uh, about three years ago uh, I mean seriously getting back to it I mean I always was doing something um here and there but not not professionally um so yeah I I, I got serious about three years ago in London yeah for no reason at all <laughs> for no apparent reason I just decided to get it a go got an amazing body of work considering the amount of time that you, thank you as, as you say taking it seriously uh, but yeah I, I am I am now <laughs> <laughs> uh, one thing I'd love to ask you is just how you would describe your style because uh-huh. obviously so many people will talk about other people's work but how do you describe your work okay um not particularly fun to put in labels on things, but, uh, I would say, uh, uh, I would say, uh, it's anything that I can influence from, uh, which is stuff that I like, you know, and I like, I, I, um, I like, for example, I like dark art, um, strange way to say it. Uh, I like uh, romantic art as well. So all those um, kind of paraphilies. And you can, you can see that there's a, there's a vibe of that. And uh, also, well, I uh, really enjoyed Russian art. I actually never tried that yet, but I will. Uh, so I, I, I have no idea how to describe my style myself i always find it very difficult and you know when, when you're writing a bio for your website or uh, giving an interview it's like i don't know i, I just really leave people <laughs> to decide on it i can tell you what influences i have that, that that's that's probably not description of style just like kind of like inspiration coming from so that's 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 what i mean well, I, I described you last week. So I had a, a podcast last week where I was talking about photographers that I think everybody should know about and trying to share around as much inspiration as possible. And I brought you up and I, I describe oh, well. you as, well, I, I describe you as the perfect blend of Agatha Serge and Emily Soto, who are my two oh, favorite God. portrait photographers. Oh my God. This is like a compliment and a half. <laughs> Like basically <laughs> i think that you you have that you like you said you have that like dark beauty to your work where there feels like there's more of a, a narrative more of a story than with um just a standard portrait where it's just a picture of a person it does feel like there's more personality to it but also i think you have that kind of soft beauty that you get with emily soto's work so i think you're right in the in the middle of the two um who are your biggest influences in photography uh, actually, by the way, I like both photographers that you mentioned, Emily and Agatha. I mean, big fan of both. Um, not necessarily depends from them directly, but yeah, obviously they're giants. And um, I, uh, I'd i say also the 
dark part probably and, and what you mentioned the, the narrative is very important i absolutely agree it is very important mm-hmm. mostly because uh i'm actually also a novelist and i'm not even right stuff <laughs> and, oh, wow. um, it's that's why it's probably very important as well to me i mean just, just generally and uh i like stories being stories meaning being um, a series, for example, being um, based on some back background story, and um, even though I improvise mostly, <laughs> I, I you know sometimes find that after I already made something and I kind of go back and I think normally post factum about how to name it. I came up with a story that kind of post factum way, <laughs> but uh, probably was there at the very beginning, but not necessarily always planning ahead uh, my right. influences uh, i actually really like dark folklore uh, and folklore generally speaking um that well, what what i mean by dark <laughs> um mm-hmm. i think folklore is actually quite dark by the definition of it and yeah. uh i'm a fan of heavy metal music and uh, there's a lot of inspiration a lot of music in my shoots when i can i'm in the studio <laughs> to 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 well, to improve the mood, <laughs> yeah. um, to put it there. I absolutely like, uh, I actually probably, I mean, I, I follow how a lot of photographers, but, um, and, and those are my constant, constant inspiration, but I also inspired a lot by art and by, um, as well as contemporary, as well as, um, old masters and so on and so forth. I, I, I don't know. I just think sometimes mimicking the artist in the way photography can do I, it's it's a very nice <laughs> way to learn uh you know sometimes i even 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 when you're you know retouching something or like kind of editing something you can i really like to see um tutorials not not so much on, on an actual photography retouching but all, like how the artist works you know when they put highlights yeah. when they put shadows like, so all those different things um our aspiration actually amazing something about your work you have you have a lot of sets of images as opposed to just sort of standalone images of your sets of images which, which are your favorites yeah, I mean, mostly because if they're sets, they're mostly because they shoot for editorial, probably that's why uh, but I, I think even when I shoot portraits i I kind of like to preserve the uh, yeah, the, the serious vibe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. Um, uh, my favorite, I don't know. <laughs> I, I like this one that called Botticelli interrupted. I was an editorial. The, like everything got wrong in this day, but I really like the vibe of it. <laughs> Yeah, and I really like the model, but I think I, I just saw her and I was like, "You are the best chili girl." <laughs> so that's that's I don't know, just sort of just personal. Uh, but I like them all. I mean, in, in a way, even the one that I don't like anymore. Um, let's say uh, the way I edited them, or the way maybe I showed them because they old. But I like them in a way that brought me a very nice experience on the date, and uh, you know, they 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 were stories. <laughs> For me. They're part of the so journey. It's very difficult to one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my personal favorite, although I love pretty much every single image you've ever done, I wish I could steal it from my own portfolio. Uh, my favorite set of images oh, you yeah. have are, are the ones of your grandmother. Um, could you just talk to me about how that shoot came together? 
oh, this is just the portrait that they took in the, to home. And um, I was just visiting them. And uh, my grandmother, um, she's 95 now. <laughs> she's, she's, just, she's just a son. <laughs> uh, she, uh, she's beautiful, isn't she? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I want to be 95. Like <laughs> uh, she, she's a very, very, very light, light person. I'm like, she's just um, has an incredible story to tell, you know, just from her own experience, life experience. I mean, she lives through so much. Well, so many actually interesting historical, well, even COVID. I mean, she actually lived through that too, you know, um, yeah. just historical kind of features. So, um, and I, I just wanted to report it of my grandmother. There was no particular setup because uh, it was just short where she actually sits at her uh, house, at her flat. Uh, that's her fault because she doesn't really walk that much. And uh, she is like, you know, cannot really move. I mean, I didn't want it to move my grandmother from place to place. So I, I, I just showed it there and it was really nice in the Caliph light and just loved it. Um, and that was all. It's like, take took really little of your time <laughs> to shoot those portraits. I love them too. It's, they are stunning. Does she like them? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, I, I sent her this one that, you know, they get on a photo book, Italia, um, like website portfolio. I was like, Grandma, you are in work. <laughs> and she loved that. She loved that. She was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> She's an international model. She's an international model. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would absolutely love to, to, you know, have her closer. So I would probably, I will be doing it all the time and just too far away, of course. So to stick to uh, the theme of models here, uh, what do you look for uh, in a model? What's, what's the qualities that you look for physically in a model? I, I I do actually have a type, and um, well, not a type, but a preference for a character, and not necessarily even a model. Um, it's it's a little bit cliche to say that I'm looking for um, not very particular, not very commercial. I mean, uh, to say faces, a more editorial vibe, uh, and actually each time I'm looking for more and more editorial models rather than um, kind of like classic beauty. It doesn't mean that they're not that beautiful. Of course, they would be very beautiful. But um, a commercial type, I mean, uh, well, what you can see in a commercial. Uh, yeah. Right now, it's a little bit mixed in fashion, but still, uh, still, you, uh, it's like more unconventional. Uh, um, not necessarily go for red hats all the time. I mean, though they kind of like dominate uh, portfolio. <laughs> but... Uh, that that's just a coincidence actually to be very honest and they find me more than i find them but uh, i do like you know for example in terms of uh, faces i like faces that's very weird thing to say with texture <laughs> so freckles yes, yeah, yeah. walls yeah. Uh, very like 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 i don't know even dark circles just <laughs> they actually bring something interesting but vivid like livery i don't know truthful yeah. <laughs> to the whole imagery and i really you know, will kind of try that and some, sometimes space is just so clean i was like what was like nothing to walk with <laughs> and it's beautiful it's gorgeous but uh that's that's also like personal preference like i say uh and i really like models that can also bring something 
with them, I mean, uh, regarding the mood, regarding the posing, regarding the suggestion, uh, wherever they can give you as well as you. <laughs> and so that's uh, same, same for creative team as well. Uh, any kind of like, you know, that when, when you work with a model that actually really wants to work with you, you can tell. And so oh, yeah. you can tell the opposite as well. And you can tell how responsive this person is, how uh, even, even an experienced model and how uh, much they try, they connect, they like, well, do whatever you ask, but not, not in a bad way, but um, they're really connected. And yeah, and the opposite happens as well. So yeah, we all know that. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so something that you just brought up, which I think is really important, is I think a lot of uh, portraits of men uh, work on the basis that the man has a lot of story to his face, there's a lot of textures, a lot of information mm-hmm. in his life, in his face. Yes. Whereas I think sometimes with the way that we are trying to perfect everything, we get a lot of female portraits that have no story to them. They're just about sort of face value, beauty, and no sort of depth to them. Would that be fair? Uh, no, I mean, I disagree in terms of there's like, there, there is that. Uh, and same is same for men. There is also a lot of well playing portraits that they don't. Well, they could be of men or old people. You know, they normally bring a lot of personality as well, just by the way they are. And uh, like so, so much story written in the face, but still, you can just plainly take a shot, and it will mean nothing. So it's not even about a uh, man, woman, uh, child. Actually, um, it's more about. Uh, what you do with it, right? Yeah. I, 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 you know, I, I, um, well, in terms of uh, processing, yes, there is, there is certain commercial way of processing images and a certain editorial way of processing images. They're very different. And, uh, you know, in editorial photography, beard faces are welcome, all the opposite of the commercial. Uh, and uh, that's, that, that's why, because uh, portrait photography as well, uh, I mean, you can do a very beautiful portrait and it will connect you with the subject and feel uh, sort of that, that's, that's just one way to do it. And you can do something weird with the message and behind and, and, and so on and so forth. Um, for me, I, I don't know, for me, I don't even can distinguish men and women. I mean, as, as, as it's true, I shoot more women than men. Again, accidentally, <laughs> I have nothing against any 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 of the gender. Uh, but but not because I prefer something or I say something. I, I do think there is a lot of photographers that portray women, and right now, in a very personal way, very intimate. I would say even and. Um, like even if it's just portrait, just just the face, um, very close to you know subject, mm-hmm. and not beautifying or barbarization <laughs> and this all this um to shoot and things. Even actually, even if I shoot beauty, I try to make it even a commercial thing. I try to make it as close as possible to the to the, well, <laughs> to the original. Um, it's it's an editing mostly of. Uh, not imperfectionist per se, but uh, something that just, I don't know, light problem or color problem, but not a model problem because <laughs> even though they're gorgeous most of the time, they have perfect skin and so on. Um, it's, yeah, so take something that is just not supposed to be there, not something that actually should and must be there. I would never take yeah. anything of essentials. So, yeah, that's important. 
your shoots, how planned out are they? Do you do, you do a lot of sort of pre-production in, in planning what you're going to have? And how do you communicate that with the model? I do plan uh, most of the time, unless I have sometimes all those spontaneous shoots that must be ported. Um, then the model maybe contacts me or I contact the model and, and like I have a day, I have a gap. And then they a little bit spontaneous, actually like that. Uh, editorial shoots, yes, I will definitely plan with the team and I will be uh, doing mood boards and I will be communicating with the team and the team, I like the team also, also to participate. Uh, so there will be back and forth <laughs> conversation. And once we get this kind uh, of the idea, I would just tell to the model as well what we think about this, how, how it will be. Um, and normally nothing is as planned, <laughs> especially outdoors, especially in London, you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes you uh, you can plan the mood board and you can say, well, the theme in terms of, um, in terms of uh, fashion or, um, yeah, uh, dresses, in terms of uh, maybe makeup and hair. But uh, once you get into the location and you kind of, it was, let's say, sunny all the week <laughs> through, and you get to the location and just suddenly it's dark as hell and, and mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just a huge cloud and you just plan the mood because the mood will change. It's not the same. It's a sunny thing, kind of a little bit more playing with the shadows or kind of like happy vibe or just suddenly very moody, very gray, very, which, which I, I, I like this mood actually, but it, it, it's different. So nothing ever is a plan. Even in the studio, sometimes... I don't know. Something happens, and just like, where's my beauty dish? I cannot find the beauty dish. Just it's gone. <laughs> so let's let's shoot with an reflector or something. <laughs> that's that's the stuff. But yeah, I, I I do like to do at least the mood board. I think the most frustrating thing right now is the fact that we we're all locked indoors, yet there's amazing light outside. It's it's so ironic that we can't oh, get yeah. out and shoot, <laughs> even though for for once we've actually got consistently good light. It's very frustrating. And it's, you know, like, yeah, it's never, <laughs> never, never this, uh, this week, actually, it's normally bad, bad kind of situation and whether it's bad, but right now it's all the opposite then while we find doors. Very so, frustrating. Yeah, I, I was waiting for that actually to kind of go back to shoot outdoors. And yeah, here you go. <laughs> Very quickly, I don't like to talk too much about camera gear because I think it's something that's kind of overemphasized in photography. But what camera do you use? What lenses are your favorites? So I use um, Canon uh, 5D Mark, II, Mark III, sorry. And I, uh, my favorite lenses, I mostly, most of the time, like, like my to-go lens will be just 50 mil. I use the Sigma 1, uh, 1.4 uh, art. And um, this is just my to-go <laughs> lens yeah. but um i'll go to sorry and um i do have 85 and use it less and less and less maybe only for portraits and sometimes for beauty i use 100 i also kind of she's uh, like kind of a cheap lens actually but really very really nice and uh i do more and more like the white angle right now so like starting from 35 and well 24 uh and yeah, going wider even. <laughs> I don't have best lenses, but uh, uh, yeah, like 24, 70, it's another go-to. You've worked in graphic design before. Um, is this how you first kind of learned photo editing? Was it, was it graphic design taught you how to edit photos and then you started taking photos? 
I guess in a while, yes. I mean, I was working mostly in graphic design, but I was mostly working in games and movies and uh, films, I mean, film industry. Um, I do have a lot of connection with post-progression guys, even though I was doing what I was doing. But uh, So with lighting and with um, uh, people who do post-pol for films. And... Um, I guess that was interesting. It's for video, but still it's it's very interesting it's a theoric uh, knowledge, I would say. But uh, no, I, I just I just needed to learn it anyway from um, the beginning because uh, wherever you use for graphic design, one thing, obviously Photoshop is something that I can live and breathe in, but <laughs> since, since I am graphic designer, but uh, the post-production itself, it's something that even though I find it that I needed to learn everything just from scratch. Because it's different yeah. for photo post production. Uh, you teach workshops. How did that come about? What made you want to start teaching? Uh, mostly because there was just some demand and people were asking me, but um, I was never really kind of ready for that. <laughs> but uh, uh, and I actually canceled the first actual workshop here in London just because, well, you know why. <laughs> but uh, it was supposed to be in April, supposed to be. <laughs> Uh, so yeah i always were given those classes which is just one-to-one and kind of tuition of uh it'll be going through my workflow and um by skype and uh they are quite they were going well um we very surprised that really really nice people contacted me for those classes and everybody was just so perfect <laughs> perfect student i would say and you know like when <laughs> when you contact people by internet it could be anything but i never had any bad experience at all so it's like lucky me <laughs> so yes I, I i do enjoy teaching by the way i don't know why I, just something that i like <laughs> do you ever find that when you're sort of reviewing your own work you realize that you had subconsciously you were subconsciously doing something that you weren't maybe aware that you were doing, you were shooting in a certain way or you shoot certain types of images depending on the model, but without it being a conscious thought, like it's not a planned out thing. It's just you react differently um, to the person that you're shooting. Like do you shoot one model where you're shooting more half body or more full body or more headshots, but it's not something that was in the plan. It's just the way that that person kind of made you feel when you were shooting. No, all the time. Yes, actually, yes. Uh, I mean, it's uh, probably impossible not to connect to the world it's it's um you know sometimes some models they're also very so very suggestive uh and it's like oh wow that's great i was like should i clean the tree i was like yes that's a great idea it was like <laughs> <laughs> i would ask you myself but you know now that it's working <laughs> or or no there's no more there's a brave models out there they are really really into you know giving you the best uh, what they can and uh, they, I like that uh, so yes absolutely and sometimes it's some um, you know and in the opposite way so sometimes it's just something doesn't work or something's not connecting enough and you just kind of work with what you give <laughs> and yeah. just just try your best um, but uh, yeah yeah no, it's very important it's very important to me and sometimes you see the model in um, previews and their portfolio and it's sort of because you I never really met the model and don't go I don't do OCs 
Uh, I never really met the model before. I actually met the model. <laughs> so it's on the, on the date of the photo shoot. So it's, sometimes it's a surprise and they look certainly different somehow. And it's like, oh no, they actually can do that, that and that. So yeah, absolutely. How do you deal with a shoot where it's just not quite working? It's not quite going to plan. Do you have, um, do you have like a backup plan always for when you're photographing? That's a good question. Uh, I actually, you know, I always say in London, especially with outdoor photography, um, of course it's a studio, it's fine, but uh, you, you protect it. But if you go and I worked a lot and most of the time, natural light, even indoors, you know, it's still uh, most of the time it's natural light. And, uh, Therefore, you really, really depends on weather circumstances and you really, well, also you depend on wherever you know your team is on time and stuff, stuff like that. And uh, while that, it's it's really important to just go and do it, you know? if you, I always say, if you sit in London in the couch and wait till the weather be, like, you know, perfect, you will never do anything. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and also, you will you will be actually probably missing those moments that they're actually great. You know, some, I had this very weird um, shoot. The client just wanted it in the middle of January. And I was like, outdoors, outdoors. I was like, oh, like but, but, you know, the light is bad. <laughs> but we have two hours of sun. Can you imagine that? Two hours, like, like straight. Was that two hours of shoot and two hours of sun from 10 to 12? Uh, somehow I thought maybe. And, and we get it. And I, I wasn't even, you know, hoping for that. I was just surprised. <laughs> I was so surprised. But, um, you know, you never know. At last, you can have a beautiful thing. Or it could be the opposite. But then you walk with you, what you get. You just need to know how to walk with what you get. Or, you know, kind of like be risky. That's it. If you could go back now from this point of view and go back and talk to yourself when you first started uh, taking photography seriously, what piece of advice would you give yourself? Uh, well, I would, I would just, yeah, but that's impossible. <laughs> you don't have time. So I'm, I'm, I'm saying that's impossible because it doesn't really matter because all that experience matters. I mean, I would destroy all my images from that period right now. I was still deleting them from time to time. I was like, I need to clean up. I need to clean up. But yep. <laughs> I do think if I wouldn't take them the way I took them or the way I edited them, yes, incorrect, all bad, 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 bad. Right now I can see that. But I wouldn't if I wouldn't, you know, pass through. So be, I don't know, maybe it's like I'm very predeterministic <laughs> sound, but uh, I, I like that. Uh, any experience is good. I think photographers quite often want to have like a perfect backstory. They want to hide any bad images they've ever taken. And it sounds like ah. you're taking all of that experience and you're kind of wearing it with pride. Uh, no, I mean, I, I think, I think I can hate everything that I've done like a week ago. <laughs> and at the same time, I'm not, I'm not, it's just, it's just, it's okay. And it's a good thing. It's not, it's nothing wrong with that. I think once you're kind of like, Oh my God, I'm just, I'm doing really well. Oh, it's a probably great feeling, but I'm not sure if it's a, it, it's a healthy feeling. So I think it's, it's absolutely positive to, you know, kind of be critical, but, uh, I, I just take it as an experience, uh, not as a failure of any sort. And, uh, you know, I don't know. It's, it's I, the only advice I would give myself is just to do it more. <laughs> I was like, ah, I wasn't doing it enough. 
<laughs> but that, okay, I cannot change that. Uh, are there any celebrities that you wish you could photograph? Oh gosh, yes. <laughs> well, I like Tilda Swinton. <laughs> yes. She she is something obviously. And uh oh gosh, I, I was just I'm so embarrassed because I don't remember the name of this actor, but I can tell you who he is. Yeah. He has he has this name that I just can never really remember. Um the one who played uh a tournament in a Game of Thrones. Oh, you're never going to get me. Uh, Nah. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So this guy, I would like to take just a portrait of him. He's such a character. (laughs) How are you doing in isolation? Are you enjoying isolation? (laughs) Do you enjoy isolation? Uh, Well, I think we all kind of stressed by the situation that was happening um, everywhere. Not for myself, but everybody else and uh i find with isolation and most of the time i'm still doing what i was doing before i mean i work from home anyway but um it kind of i'm I'm not getting mad or anything (laughs) i do kind of sadly look this spring weather passing by (laughs) but Mm. again this is just nothing this is not really that important and that's not what's important right now right Uh, exactly i try to keep eyes on what's important and the most worries is is of course about my worries will be about what will happen with the jobs what will happen with um, my i don't know relatives just just health and um that's it. <laughs> that's it. Um, that's that important stuff. And we really, you know, need each other in those times. Um, try to do uh, as much as online connection as I can. And yeah, just and just keep uh, well, keep creative. I mean, I, I don't understand if somebody cannot know what to do with the free time. Well, you're actually given some free time, and unless you really work hard from home, of course. Um, some people don't. <laughs> it's like, mm. I mean, okay, you can, you can, you can make bread, you can, you can do whatever you want. You can just follow what you are doing. Uh, I mean, there's so much things to to be, I don't know, learn, just practice. Shoot from the window. <laughs> uh, shoot yourself. Uh, I'm not doing that, but <laughs> shoot your cats, shoot your husband, shoot your children. I don't know. Don't don't do that. Do do, do whatever you like, but kind of like well, you you you're not given any other better choice. So just enjoy what you are. I think you'll find it's it's a cultural thing with especially with English people where what we do is we want something and we complain that we don't have something, and then when you give it to us, we then don't want it. <laughs> I think it's universal, right? I don't think okay. it's particularly <laughs> English or anything. I mean, everybody wants what they, they, they don't want, and then. Kind of like, oh, <laughs> just human, right? <laughs> and what's the first thing you want to do when you get out of isolation? You want to go out straight away and start shooting? Thing is, I was actually about to leave England, but just by the time it, it's supposed to be happened in April and I was moving to Barcelona to just leave there. And uh, again, it didn't happen yet. <laughs> so ah. that will be the first thing uh, I will do. I will move. And um, yeah, of course I will be just, yeah, I think we all will be going crazy around and try to shoot again. And I, the, the pain of mine is that I leave so many projects undone. I canceled about nine shoots before I actually, it's kind of my farewell to London and I was about to 
shoot as much as I can. I just planned everything. I I got everything on list. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, and I was waiting for this weather, you know, for this particular spring. Yeah. Well, but if it could happen, it will happen somewhere else. So I'm positive. If I could actually just check back, there's one question I really wanted to ask you, and I've kind of missed it. I'd really, really love to find out how long did it take from you starting to photograph people for you to find your style? Because I think you have a very clear, defined style. But how many shoots did it take, or how oh. many, how many months or years did you start to really find your style? I think I still work in progress. I would say I modify it, of course, now. And I do know that some people recognize something, which I don't know exactly what it is. I can, well, you understand, like I cannot define myself. Uh, and I don't really mind to define it. I think what I want to do is actually again to change and to, well, I don't know, evolve. And um, I don't know which way. Uh, and I will. <laughs> well, I promise myself. And uh, so it's it's not that I I even want this. Um, you know, if it's unconscious, probably that I do have some uh, you know pattern, but I don't really go towards it. So uh, if somebody thinks that is consistent right now, I'm really glad that it is. Uh, I, I think it's more. I think. I think suspect it's more about the mood rather than um maybe their technical style and i you know sometimes uh i have a lot of questions about in, in classes about how would i be consistent with my style so my instagram look good you know my portfolio look kind of like similar one image to another and i always say that's that's not what i would go for but i would rather go for the general mood of you know, not, not, not for the like color grading or, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, or composition device, but just the, what, 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 what message, what, what, what is the mood? What is the, um, uh, state of mind? <laughs> what is, yep. uh, yeah. Yeah. So the, the, all that stuff. And that's probably why you actually can recognize one photographer from another. It's my theory anyway. <laughs> yeah. I think it's your personality that shows up more than people getting tied up with like technical aspects or equipment or anything like that. I think it's the personality of the photographer is usually the most abundant thing in the photo. And I think that's what stands out the most with your work. I think everybody's work, what really stands out is, um, yeah, the personality The Yeah, it's <laughs> true. True. That's absolutely true. So the whole purpose for me doing these podcasts in its entirety is to try and find as many amazing photographers or creatives and bring them to the attention of other people. So what I need you to do is tell everybody where they can find your work. So your website, your Instagram and so on. Yeah. So my Instagram account as well as my Facebook account is um, just Olga Gridina Photography, my name and photography. <laughs> and uh, my website is just www.olgagridina.com. So that's uh, simple as that. <laughs> So I just want to say thank you so much for doing this. Um, it really does mean the world to me. I'm an absolutely enormous fan of yours. I've been pretty much terrified this whole interview. So it's great to talk to you. Really? Oh my God. Bye. Bye. <laughs> thank you so much as well for inviting me. And uh, I really, really had a great time and hope everything will be better soon. <laughs> and thank you so much. And really nice to meet you. Bright flash, bright flash.